Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Wonder Donkeys. This week is such a lovely, funny, and hugely learny one for me anyway, with brilliant chef, master chef, the professional's finalist, and all-round good egg, Sven Hansen Britt. He's so fun, and is also really clever about eating. You'll see. Thanks for listening to Hoovering. I'd be over the moon if you could be asked to tell anyone else about it too. Um, subscribing and giving it a nice five-star reviews do help more people reach the podcast, so it would be lush if you could do that if you've got time. Thanks loads if you have already done it. If you've actually got spare money, um, you can bung the odd like one-off few quid, fiver even, if you want, tenner if you want, um, to the podcast by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering. If you want to become a regular patron of the show and give me a couple of dollars a month, um, go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see some very cool things that I swap in exchange for your hard-earned wedge. Uh, largely lots of completely and utterly exclusive content, sometimes advanced content, discount or free tickets to live shows, be they solid or virtual, and guest recipes, stuff like that. So, Sven was kind enough to come round to mine, uh, where I'm feeding him uh, Ricoussion au fromage poivre noir. It's a massive snackerjack with cheese on it. Yeah, that's exactly what I fed to a real-life master chef. I can't quite believe it either. Whereas, true to chef form, he brought me, and then indeed gifted me, the flipping kindy, the best chocolate and the best salt which I have ever tasted in my life. And you know me, I've tasted a lot of salt and a lot of chocolate. Never together before, though. Oh, this one's going to make you so hungry and clever. 
This is yours. For me? So you have to open it because I feel like I couldn't open it, but we're going to taste it. So you have to open it. Oh my God. So you know like, you know Malden salt? Yeah. Where it's got the most, it's an amazing salt, but it has the, literally the worst type of packaging that just leaves yeah. salt all over your kitchen, all in the box because of the way the plastic insert. This is a little bit different, but <gasps> you still have to really wrestle with it to get in. So I'll just leave you oh to figure out. I'm really excited. You, you kind of have to like push along the perforated line. I've never thought line. about that with Malden salt. So you just have to decant it yeah. into something. Otherwise you yeah, just exactly. like, and it all, it just spaffs out the cardboard bottom of the box, even if it, it, I don't know how it's got, to, I don't know how it's managed that. I love it, but I now refuse to buy it just because of that. It's annoying. <laughs> so and this is Blackthorn's Scottish sea salt flakes. Yeah. So Blackthorn, brand new company, and they actually make a sustainable <gasps> salt, which is, is produced in basically with zero, um, zero electricity, no, no power, and they harness the power of the wind and gravity oh to turn seawater into salt. Oh my God. We've got this insane tower that's like four or five stories high of Blackthorn. Blackthorn is like slows, the slow, oh, the wow. slow tree and bushes. Okay. So stacked up all these bushes, Five stories high. It sounds so fairy tale. It looks amazing. It? it looks. There's a picture of it, it on does, the side, like yeah. a little drawing. And then it they, looks like proper uh, Tolkienian. It's nuts. Their Instagram has a really cool picture of what it looks like. It yeah. is Tolkienian. Oh absolutely. yes. Okay, I'm in. And then they pour the seawater on the top, and then as it drips through the blackthorn wood, the wind. <laughs> they've angled it in the right way so that you've got this North Scotland like uh, east coast wind just hitting the seawater drying it out into salt and so the crystals of salt will just land at the bottom and you they scoop up the salt and it's air dried wind dried salt that is really delicious what yeah. okay and so, so it's almost got like a, a tannic of it. well we're what gonna what does a tannic mean you know like in white in red wine you oh, have the tannins yeah 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 like in tea as well absolutely you've got a cup I of tea I felt because you're a chef I felt nervous about making you even a cup of tea cheers Ben well you smashed that recipe spot on well, I've used blue milk because I saw you tweeting that there is no other milk than whole milk. And I thought, actually, it's probably quite... Um, it, the reason I've not had... I don't think I've had blue milk since I was a kid. Have you got blue milk too? I've got blue milk too. Nice. This is my first slug of blue milk in a cup of tea Amazing. for decades. And I was like, why aren't you doing that? And I think it's just so drilled into you yeah. that it's not healthy to get... Texture. Texture and flavour. I just think... It's probably, it'll probably be so different to what you're used it's to. It's nice. It's really nice. And I just, I'm just against all of the, the labelling of milk. Like calling this whole milk, it yeah. should just be called milk because it's just milk how it comes out. In fact, it's yeah. not even milk how it comes out. This is 1% fat. Often milk comes out of a cow at about 6% fat if it's a Jersey cow. Right. It's not even whole and milk. And that's what would get called like gold top. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it's seasonal like as well. That changes right. every... So if it's sunny and they're eating like really luscious green meadow grass, mm. it's going to be really fatty and it'll be up there 6 8% maybe. Right. If it's the winter and maybe their diet's been supplemented by dried grass, hay, straw, silage, it's going to be a bit lower. Half yeah. of that, maybe 3%, but whole milk is only 1% fat. So it's not even so whole even milk. And that's how some of its fat yeah. removed. I never knew any of that. Already I've learned more than I've have over the last 10 other podcasts come to me as any dairy dairy based knowledge you should have you ever thought about doing like you could do like a celebrity mastermind and have dairy just dairy dairy facts I'd love that as your specialist subject I don't know if I'd do very well but I think you'd do great I'd enjoy it I'd enjoy it (laughs) oh my god this chocolate all looks so chefy 
It is kind of chefy. Yeah. And well, you're starting a chocolate studio, are you? Yeah, so we're just literally just about to launch a chocolate company. So right. um, it's the chocolate company is called Cartography. Right. Um ending in F I E. Um, okay. And yeah, we're, we're opening a chocolate studio, which will be a live interactive. Yeah, it's a massive bar of chocolate. Oh my god! A live interactive place to come and watch us making chocolate. Wow! Um, from some of these, uh, some of these different chocolates and couverture that we That's have right here. That's a brick of it. This is this is like a kilo of chocolate in oh a brick. Oh my god! It's almost erotic. From the world's best chocolate company. Is it? Yeah, Amade, arguably, in my opinion, yes. In your opinion. Mm. <laughs> okay. Who's In fact, actually, no, maybe my opinion has changed over recent weeks. I think this is now the world's best chocolate company. Original for beans. Yeah, for different reasons. For sustainability reasons. Oh, rather really? Than, rather than just deliciousness reasons. Rather than just taste reasons. Okay. I want to try the salt. Yeah. I have made you an embarrassing snack. I love it. It looks great. Um, Plated beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> a white rice cake. With white cream cheese on top, on a white plate. With a nice gold rim and a, spree, a sprinkling, a, a scattering of black pepper. A scattering pepper. of black pepper. Yeah. Uh, so when I was a teenager, I, I, I had a regular, on the regular, a snack of like, Snacker Jacks brought out the big yeah. tower size rice cakes, but salt and vinegar ones. Yeah. With cream cheese, just this basically, cream cheese on top and then um, a cracked back pe black pepper. So I, one of the, I think one of the most Moorish things ever, but... They just vanished. Yeah. And I wasn't, I couldn't be asked to do it on a small, normal size snacker jack. Yeah, yeah, you want the giant one. Um, and I just spotted them the other day in Asda. And so um, this deeply lowbrow snack. I love it. For nostalgia reasons for me is what I'm feeding to. Can I dive in? A chef. Can yeah. I have a bite? Yes. First. Me too. Okay. Okay. Love it. I'm really into That's it. That's actually really great. Isn't it good? Yeah. That's on the menu. I don't... <laughs> Have I inspired you? Yeah. I don't think... Um, I don't know if these... I feel like it's luck of the draw when you get a tower of rice cakes that are flavoured. Whether you're going to get one that's got the potency desired yep. or not. Yeah, that's true. It's like um, it's patchy, isn't it? Some of them are just going to taste like a rice cake, which is not what I'm after. I want yeah, a big yeah. vinegar hit off it. Yeah, like some crisps sometimes you just get... It, what are those it's like the kettle chips salt and vinegar yeah are just so vinegary they're mm. just perfect and then other salt and vinegar ones they just don't stand up what's the point of them what's the point of them no. the McCoy's the McCoy's Ridge salt and vinegar takes the layer of skin off of your yeah. mouth and that's what you want from a salt and vinegar crisp that's exactly what you want yeah. the only thing to rival it I'd say is um, squares they are the that's top a like, that's a little like um, mm. it's equivalent of perhaps a child giving you a hard slap around the face. <laughs> but from the it's inside. Like, yes! <laughs> it's not offensive, because it's a child doing it that didn't know what they were doing. You can't get angry. You can't get that You've angry. brought the child into your life anyway, it's <laughs> yeah, your own fault. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. It was nearly as nice as I remember it. It's one of those things that I remember sort of not being capable of having one-off. And it's um, one of those classic chefy things that if you put this on a menu and you call it something French, it starts to sound really great. Yeah. So it's like re- Crucion, au creme fraiche et poivre noir. 
and it just sounds amazing. Oh, You're okay, like, well, that sounds like a real dish. I wish I'd sold it to you like yeah. that now. <laughs> then it um, comes out like that. Yeah, and can I try this? Your so what I wanted to do this, definitely yeah. dive in and try some. Yeah. I'd eat this like literally like like this, just one little one yeah, little piece because you actually can taste it. It's I've more got in trouble on this podcast before for not taking a small enough pinch, so I'm going to try and be like dainty. Go dainty with this one, but then I think a really great way to taste. Salt, taste chocolate is with salt. Oh, okay, okay. So let's chocolate. taste the salt on its own. And I said maybe a little bit tannic. It's got a lovely crystal, which is actually crum- crispy. Mm. Yeah. And then it's got the flavours of the other. It's not just sodium. It's got the flavours of the other, the other um, minerals in there too from the sea. Yeah. Um, oh, it's lovely. That's so nice. Yeah, it almost it almost makes you think you can taste the wood that it has kind of dried out on. Because it's got that depth of flavour. Oh, that's so good. And it's so different to other salt. Like, I'm, not, I'm so glad you're good at describing it because I'm just busy sat here going, it's really nice. It's really nice and salty. Yeah, it's <laughs> so salty. But it is new. Like, uh, it just tastes like um, more than the sum of its parts, doesn't it? Really? Well, it's mouth-filling as well. Yeah. It's got an umami, not just a saltiness. Mm. And that you don't get from a lot of salt. So most salt that you buy from like a supermarket where it's, where it's labeled table salt, yeah. that is just mechanically extracted or chemically created salt. Right. And it's just sodium created in a lab on a right. mass scale, um, or it's extracted from other chemical processes or it's a byproduct of other industries that right. create salt. When you go down the sea salt route, like Malden sea salt, Blackthorn hair, you're actually creating salt from seawater or rock salt as well. Yeah. And that is not just sodium. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different minerals, all with different kind of compounds. So there might be different types of sodium compounds and different makeup in there that lead to a different flavor, magnesium, all sorts of different things that taste different. Yeah. So it's less salty. It's not going to leave your food salty. It gives it a, a, a different flavor. Enhan- it's a flavor enhancer, not yeah. a salty flavor adder. I get it. Is it a bit like the difference between... Um a grape and a really great wine. Mm. Like in terms of like a yeah. wine where you can taste all the things that, that were around where the grape was growing yeah. potentially and a grape. Yeah. Sort of a chilled quarter of a grape. Yeah, like that's it. Like a baby. <laughs> With skin off. Skin, oh my God. Who's yeah. doing that? <laughs> um, oh, I absolutely love it. So... So we have some, oh, yeah, let's we've got some chocolate, so okay. let's just have a bit of chocolate with the salt on because this is amazing. I'll start with this one because okay. this, this chocolate's insane. You like dark chocolate? Yeah, I like all chocolate. Great. Well, this actually, is... I, don't, I don't particularly like white chocolate. I don't mind. Oh, me neither. So involved in... Um, I don't bring any white chocolate. It's involved in something else, you know. I'm not going to be like, I'm not having that. So this is one of the chocolates that we're using, and this... um. This is grown and created in the Virunga National Park in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. And it's a 70% cocoa chocolate. And every time when you come to cartography and you buy some of our handmade chocolates made with this chocolate, um, you spend your money on that. What you're actually doing is replanting trees in the rainforest and giving them mountain gorillas that are now endangered and there's only 800 left in the whole world. You're actually supporting their ecosystem and replanting their home wow. um, and supporting the farmers that work there and work in the national forest um, and and help the mountain gorillas and help all the other uh, animals and flora and fauna in the ecosystem yeah. um, so we make amazing chocolate this chocolate is stunning it's got an amazing single origin story as do all of the other chocolates that we work with but I think this one and then the next one we'll try is particularly um, and particularly what is cool. it okay okay let's, I'm just going to taste it before I ask things mm. Let it melt on your tongue, in your mouth for like 20 seconds. 
a little bit. It doesn't make good podcast listening just sitting there with it melting, but... They can, they can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that salt mm. initially does, gives you that mouth-filling seasoning, that umami kind of thing going on that enhances the flavour of the chocolate. So you, you get the flavours of the chocolate a bit more, the fruitiness. This is like super mm. earthy, roasted coffee and cocoa. And it's a dark chocolate, I said. Uh, we're going to get 70%. We're going to taste a 75% chocolate next, mm. which is completely different. So that's why I brought these two to taste, because one's oh. darker, but arguably fruitier and lighter. But this is so fruity. Mm. I would never, like, oh my god, it's so nice. Mm. There's just so much going on. It really tastes like grown ups. Yeah, grown ups chocolate. Grown up chocolate. It's so good. Um, mm. And we're helping the grillers at the same time, which is super cool, I think. Yeah. What's um, a single origin, like a milk, even when people talk about? Gams that were made with single origin fruit. What's <laughs> yeah. the, does it? Does it just mean like purity of blend of flavors and stuff? Is it not just? Yeah, it means generally. I think it probably has been diluted by the companies and the marketing bodies and the PR companies a little bit. But essentially, it just means with chocolate anyway. It just means cocoa that has been picked from a single origin country or single wow. origin farm or even down to this specific um, one. This is a particular valley. This wow. is the uh, Pura Valley in Peru. So oh, one little wow. valley that actually grows a very specific, very unique type of chocolate. And this is, they, they're even marketing it as ultra rare. So it only comes, right. this one cocoa bean only is grown in this valley in Peru. Um, I'm so lucky to get a try of this. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So with the chocolate, yeah. it's single origin. It comes from this country, this uh, national park, or this valley. Because these chocolate, the industry of chocolate and the world of chocolate is pretty fucked up. Right. Historically, chocolate's not chocolate as we know it. It's actually really young. It's only only the twentieth yeah, century. It's, um, it came about before that. Obviously, cocoa and cacao and different ways of drinking. Chocolate and eating chocolate has been around for ages, but mixing dairy and conching chocolate, roasting chocolate and creating chocolate as we know it is actually relatively new, 100 and something years old. Right. Um, so this is the 75% from okay. Peru. This is for the Pura Valley. Um, but for me, this tastes like raspberries. Okay. Just pure dark chocolate, 75%. But suddenly, compared to the flavour that's in your mouth, yeah. that was from that Virunga National Park Congo chocolate, this is a completely different game. Right. But arguably, it's darker because it's 75%. But for me, it's much lighter chocolate. Because it's, there's a sweetness fruit. The yeah, because you can taste the different, different bean. Going in. Going in. Are you salting it again now? I'm just going, I'm kind of salting. I get raspberries, acidity, mm. pecan nuts. Wow. You're like a chocolate sommelier. That, that's kind of how we want to market the company, I'm thinking. Right. That's why we call cartography, because we want to take people on a journey mm. and tell the story of the different regions and the, and the story of the chocolate. Yeah. Oh, lush. If you really like let it melt and like move it around with your tongue and your mouth against like the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. you really get that fruity raspberry acidity, like crunching on a fresh raspberry from the garden. It's clean, isn't it? It's mm. such a clean flavour. And that's because again, it's 75%, so there's hardly any added dairy, hardly any added sugar. It's just the cocoa flavour. Mm, it's really lush. Mm. 
It's cool. Wow. It's so funny. I think generally, if I was to ask if I wanted like a plain chocolate, like a fancy one, hmm. or it, or one that's got fruity bits in it, even freeze dried or whatever, but no, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As it is. But when it's actually part of the thing itself. You don't need that. You don't no. need to add the flavours, and that's kind of what we're going down with cartography. Mm. We want to allow the, this sounds really wanky, but allow the expression of the chocolate to kind of like talk for itself, allow the different chocolates and but tell the story. But this is food as art as opposed to as craft, so I think you're allowed to sound wanky. Mm, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an expressionistic chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I love it. But yeah, just going back to kind of the world of chocolate, we've done some horrendous things kind of historically yeah. with the origin countries that chocolate came from. Think of the Caribbean, think mm-hmm. of Africa, think of the last 500 years and um, everything that's happened probably, yeah, 700 years. and um, It's turned into a commodity and it's turned into um, something that's just fully controlled by a handful of companies globally, four or five companies. Right. Um, it's all based around money. Well, and whenever a smaller chocolate company does well, it gets bought up, doesn't it, by one of the huge ones. I remember the sort of fear and outcry when Cadbury's bought Green and Blacks, and it was just like, it's inevitable. It's all the same, and it all comes from the same single pot. So the majority of the world's chocolate is grown in uh, Ivory Coast and Ghana, and horrendous things happen there from child labour to um, not paying fairly, if at all, the farmers that grow the chocolate. Yeah. to slavery and all sorts of different things and then all that chocolate just goes into a mass global pot of cocoa beans and so you never really know where your cocos come from unless you go single origin which is kind of what that single origin means going yeah, back to your question okay. um, you can trace it it's fully traceable and we cut out all the middle men so that's why we're working with these companies because they go directly to the farmer they get the chocolate directly from the farmer they make it into a delicious product and we then as chefs turn it into something quite tasty like yeah. little bonbons or, or pralines or something like that. Well, it's millions, yeah, all yeah. the many millions of things you do We with just it. get all Willy Wonka and play with it. Wow. Oh God, it's fascinating. <laughs> and a little bit depressing, you know, I feel like on the one hand it's like I've said, you know, I always want to learn more but also ignorance was bliss yeah. and I probably won't enjoy uh Kit Kat yeah. Chunky or a bit of Galaxy. I'm fucking <laughs> In the same yeah. way. I mean, I will. Yeah. But it'll be tinged with the guilt that yeah. wasn't there before. Like, I had a 12 the other day, and I love a 12, but again, yeah, I just think about it. But as long as you kind of... I think it's the same with everything, the same with all the things that you've talked about in the past, yeah. on the podcast, and about people's viewpoints on food. As long as you're educated and you understand, everybody's a grown-up, they can make their own decisions. It's, it's cool. eyes wide open, yeah. isn't it? As long basically. as you know what it is you're eating. Yeah. It doesn't bother me, it was fine. No, no one's pulling the wool over your eyes, yeah. you're not pulling the wool over your own eyes. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, my opinions have changed, well, and we're in a constant state of flux, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, um, I first was like, oh God, I need to get, I already enjoyed your social media and wanted to ask you one, but then. Um, <laughs> I apologise for all of my social media. No, I don't <laughs> apologise. It's really funny and also, you know, passionate, I think. You're passionate about what you do and all the things you know. Um, and, um, but where I found out our worlds collided and I was like, oh fuck, I've just got to contact you immediately, is um, <laughs> uh, you had. Um, retweeted the Department of Health and Social Care saying that they were going to put calories on menus as part of the government's current health and in inverted commas yeah. push um, with the glorious byline, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and say, look, I am. Um, I have an interest in this in this current uh, government push for people to um, to change their bodies and get healthier. Mm. Uh, and actually, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by how ill-guided and I feel like shit's been thrown at a fan and a wall, and it's kind of it's they're just sort of seeing what sticks. Yeah. But it, but it. I wanted to do a series of parts of my hoovering conversations with guests around now anyway to be sort of. Um, to get your opinion, perhaps on this, I want to know why you thought "fuck off" and 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 if unless it's not part of the answer anyway, talk about the potential impact of um, bringing calories on menus in mm. on the catering industry on on the world of eating out. Yeah. Full stop. Um, and so you know, up to this point, I've looked at it from quite a kind of. Um, mental healthy point of view you know um, I've spoken to somebody in recovery from anorexia and how toxic that kind of um, sort of number crunching obsessive stuff can be to people who are fine currently but for people who are in the middle of eating disorders like potentially fatally dangerous yeah. to put calories on menus absolutely um, I've talked about like I've talked to somebody in terms of like assumptions about health based on weight being misguided um and but the thing that's been tickling me that I haven't had a chance to say on the podcast yet is the kind of um, the, irre- the irre- irregularity or inconsistency of the message in the mm. sense that like not only have we got this like kind of like Boris personalised push for everybody to lose weight, but it also like a little nod to the industry with the eat out to help out, and then you've got. Like on telly at the moment, they they seem to. I don't know if Channel Four. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sort of enjoying them for it, but um, they are night after night because we are all in watching telly every night. They're running consecutively. Snoop Dogg's Just Eat ad. Just yeah. Eat. Yeah. Um, I always wonder how much they must have paid him to oh, do that. So much. It's insane. I'm like, how Just Eat got Snoop Dogg, and all you can get on Just Eat is just the kebab from around the corner there's yeah. none of the great restaurants on Just Eat no like, what, how are they making that much money and they can afford Snoop Dogg yeah. to stoop that low for them he's got Just Eat sunglasses I think <laughs> but they're playing that and then straight away playing the government yeah. you need to lose weight to have help losing weight from the NHS call this number I hope today. there's an advertising what? person with their tongue in their cheek just yeah. like enjoying every time well certainly whoever's programming them for Channel 4 being like yeah well yeah the first thing I just think the messaging is just so mixed at the moment anyway we're in yeah. a crazy time you've got Boris Johnson saying lose weight you've got somebody saying eat out to help out you've got somebody else saying go, stay at home wear a mask don't go out wash your hands you've got another person saying take your kids to school it's really important your kids need to go to school another person saying don't you dare take your kids to school it's so confused I don't blame anyone for being confused at the moment about anything and then slap bang in the middle just to divert attention they went you know what calories on all the menus that'll be, that's going to be good because you're all overweight and that's why you've got coronavirus I think that was probably <laughs> maybe where it came from. That was the, I can imagine them all in a board meeting thinking, where has this come from? Have we done some studies about obesity or overweight and people with coronavirus are getting that a little bit more or having more severe symptoms? Okay, right, let's push that. We can make our country healthier. So if it's coming from a good place, which I am a cynical person anyway, like I'd love yeah. to think it's all coming from a good place, then 
fine but I just think it's completely the wrong thing to do it's the wrong way to go about it for me when my whole life is surrounded with food and my whole life is about mm. food and and, the, and my passion is food eating people um, the people in the industry the producers like the chocolate here and how we have this amazing global and um, food products just in this country alone food is like a passionate thing food is about joy and about happiness mm. about sustaining ourselves and the, being surrounded by our loved ones and feeding people and feeding people we care about and food is love and food is giving that love and finding a way to do that and as soon as you f you label it with something and as soon as you start to break it down in terms of figures and, and numbers and then it all it means is an amount of energy that food can give you yeah despite all of the things that you said about it being dangerous for people with certain eating disorders no even if you just look at it in terms of the impact it's going to have on everyone who goes into yeah. any place to eat it's and sees that you're like oh okay it's fuel isn't a calorie yeah. an actual calorie is something so uh, it's like the amount of energy it would take to burn a, yeah. a, a certain a, a gram of it or That's something it. isn't yeah. it and yeah. it's like okay well it's not you're not there are different. Like you're gonna get. There's so many different types of energy in different things that you eat. Your Absolutely. body does so many different things with things, depending on what they've been, what you're eating them with, when you're eating them in the day, when you're eating them in your life, when you're eating them in your healthiness or not, when yeah. you're when you last moved your body, how much, where you are in your menstrual cycle. Like the the fucking variants are so manyfold that it's such an arbitrary gauge, essentially, really. Of what? Also, your body type, your muscle mass, your body composition. Yeah. There's so many things so that you know, your gender potentially, your race. There's so many things that could impact um, actually what energy your body's going to take, what your body's going to do with a bit yeah. of food that's in front of you. That putting that on it, it reduces it, doesn't it, to such a to fuel, and it sucks all the things that are glorious and probably complicated mm -hmm. about eating yeah. out of it again. I, I don't know. Well, also, I just don't think it's going to make people. I don't. I. I feel hundred percent sure it won't work. Yeah. You, you might have. Um, you might have a, a very short term impact of people doing, you know, one of these. You know, currently kind of media backed. Hardly anything for three weeks type diets, mm -hmm. and so they'll you know, and that and that might go on. We might have six months where lots of people lose a large amount of weight very fast including because they've gone in somewhere and gone well I'm not going to have any I'll just, I've seen how many calories are in all those things so I'll just have a side salad yeah, you yeah. know um, that's not a sustainable way to live yeah. and feel the pressure they yeah. just feel this pressure from nobody because it's just written down on a menu yeah um, and just overall like as a big picture there's there's so many talking points and everybody can have an opinion yes Weatherspoons have been doing it for ages McDonald's it's calories are on their menu it can help with people. There's apps, there's these uh, sports apps and these gym apps and everyone's just weighing their food in that little world anyway. And people are knowing what calories because they want to work out and build muscle mass and all this kind of stuff. That's great. That's a very, very small percentage of the world that are doing that, not even 1% in this, in this country. All it's going to do is just create a really bad relationship with people in this country and food. Yeah. We need to t talk about food in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Starting in schools, when kids are like in infant school and kids are really young, what are they getting fed? It's terrible, the school food. It's terrible um, going all the way through to secondary school where food is literally just, let's fill them with enough carbs to get them through the day and mm -hmm. then chuck them back home again. Um, my partner, she's half Japanese. She went to school in Tokyo. She was brought up in Japan. And I've I've learned about the the way that the kids in Japan eat, and it's 
incredible really every school has a garden they grow fresh fruit and vegetables every single menu every day has to have at least one thing coming from the garden um there's real chefs real cooks in the schools that make home cooked meals uh from a very 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 young age these little kids these tiny little kids Mm -hmm. go down to the kitchen and they speak to the chef for their classroom and they collect their classroom's meal the chef tells the little kids, these little six, seven, eight-year-olds, yeah. what the meal is, and they bring it back to the classroom, and they serve all of their classmates. And so these two kids, who it's their duty that day, and then they've got a little rotor and it swaps. They serve them their, their miso soup, their grilled yeah. fish, head-on, eyes, bones in. Wow. They serve them their rice, and then they have a little leftover bit. If anyone's extra hungry, they can come back up, and then they serve leftovers. And they serve the teacher... And the teacher sits there and has the meal with the kids. Yeah. They serve it all. They tell them about um, what the chef has what the chef has said. It comes with a little menu. The chef has written a menu. All the ingredients. Is in this there. in every school? Every school in Japan. Oh my god! Can and you imagine it compared? That's it. To what we had at school. And then they scrape the plates. They clean it up. They pack it all back up. Yeah. Um, they put it into the little containers. They take it down. They clean up the classroom. They clean the floor. Brush the floor. Mop the floor. Lunch time is then over, then they're allowed their little break to go and play. Mm. But what they've done there, in a very, very small little example, is build a relationship with food, which is about positivity, it's about respect, it's about yeah. understanding, it's about eating is a cool thing. Adults eat, children eat, we yeah. all eat a great thing. Fish with eyeballs, that's together. great. we do together. Yeah, yeah, totally. Food that looks like it did, did. If you're going to eat things that were alive, it still looks like it did when it was alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was brought up with turkey twizzlers and chips. Yeah, and if I had, if I was lucky enough to take two quid to school, I might be able to buy a slice of pizza, and some baked beans or something, yeah. and that was literally all I could afford, and it was just white carbs. Yeah. Um, that's just going to fill me up. Luckily, I had parents at home who just really loved cooking. Yeah. Um. So I built my relationship with food that way. But I just don't. I don't. It's hard to blame people, but I just can't. I just can't see that putting calories on a menu is going to do anything towards the positive relationship people have with eating. We need to start at the beginning yeah. and help families and help help schools to, to, to do that. And then if calories is a really big thing, we can talk about that later down the line, but it's certainly not the first place to start. No, not, I don't know, yeah. Well, beautifully put, but I mean, I don't even know about bringing it in further down the line. You'd think that if you get, if you... If you get people excited about eating and reverent about eating and full yeah. of joy about eating and also invested in it as part of, you know, all the rituals that are involved in that, like yeah. the togetherness of that, like also ju- I just can't imagine even the, I, I so would love, my son starts school in a couple of weeks and then I'd love it if part of, if part of it was them getting into a better at signing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, and they're not allowed. They're not allowed to finish eating. They're not allowed to finish and clear away until they finish every single piece on their plate. Oh, really? They're not allowed to go out and play for playtime until every single element is eaten. So they have to eat the fish eyeball. What if they don't like it though? They, but the, none of them don't like it because they've never had an experience of not having to. They've never had to be let off. They've never had that experience. All the Japanese families just eat that. That's normal. Ooh. It's normal to eat a, a fish eyeball. It's like us not eating the chicken breast. Oh God. I'm scared of the bit where they have to eat all up. Yeah. But only because I just spoke to so many people who have that thing where it's like, clean up everything, eat everything on your plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's like, because I'm full. Yeah. But then also, I mean, it's very different with kids, I think. Well, who knows? With mine, I can actively see if I... If if we have been... If he's been... He will ask for food every couple of minutes. (laughs) 
um, and he'll and he's quite chuffed you know he'll be like I uh, he'll say to strangers I eat something and then yeah. a minute later I just want to eat another thing yeah. and um that's <laughs> funny like yeah. yeah me too and he'll eat he will eat you know what he loves to eat crap but yeah. he will eat everything he'll eat great stuff too but um yeah the the the, on the rare occasion where I've managed to be so effectively distracting for a couple of hours yeah. that a mealtime has occurred, yeah, yeah, it is fascinating to go, oh, you would wall up everything yeah. if you hadn't eaten something every two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of by the by. Um, oh, God, it's all so interesting. Say scrum diddly umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Talk to me about eating growing up for you, then. You said your parents were passionate about cooking and stuff. Yeah, I think they just, they just really liked food and they liked cooking. Um, they just always cooked like real, what I call real food, mm. as much as they possibly could. What's real food then? Well, is it not processed? Yeah, I guess just like I'm not saying processed food isn't real food, but I just mean like real cooking, like right. real, not not just reheating, not just turning yeah. an oven on and putting something in. They actually enjoyed real cooking a little bit, buying mm. ingredients. Um, that dwindled a little bit when we got older, I think. Um, and as my parents got older, and they probably had less energy and kind of. Couldn't be bothered anymore. How many of you were there? It was just me and my sister, just yeah. two of us. But I used to eat the amount of food I used to eat. I think back yeah. and I'm like, when I was a growing teenage boy, I used to have come home and have three dinners. I used yeah. to have a sneaky dinner on the way home so that nobody knew. <laughs> what was your sneaky oh, dinner anything. on the way like home? Like a whole pack of cookies. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bot, like a chi- like I love coronation chicken sandwiches. So I like I get off. <laughs> no. Get off the bus like two stops early. Go to the corner shop. Buy a like buy a pack of cookies. Buy a coronation chicken sandwich. Buy a boost guarana. I always oh, used to get boost a boost guarana. Yeah. Oh god! I think I was a bit old when they came out, but they made you feel like really nails. So it's like you have like an energy drink and a chocolate bar like, exactly. all at once. And what and they were just like was slightly fruity, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, like crispy, oh soft, to, gooey. To, the amount we used to smash as teenagers. Yeah. Too, we had like a. 
We had similarly just a white carb meals available at school, but I mean, we didn't love them. Yeah. But they, oh, um, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we would get like most of me and my friendship group, and these are like a variety of sized human beings, but we would have. Like at break time, we'd have either a sausage roll or a Chelsea bun. Nice. So like some pastry or, yeah, a pastry at break time. And then in the afternoon break, like a mint aero or an orange aero Mm -hmm. out of the machine. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Plus all the meal times. Yeah, and there is that. You sort of see it every day, don't you? That kind of like, when school's kicking out, this rush of kids all having their quick little pre-dinner before they get home for dinner. dinner. And then I had dinner. So we used to have dinner really early. So I used to get home and it was like dinner at five. So like five or 5.30. And then I'd just be hungry again. Yeah. So then I'd just have a second dinner at like eight. Great. 8.30. Same again, full meal. (laughs) Full meal. Just three plates of pasta. I just savage and <laughs> I just had to run around a lot to burn yeah, that all yeah. off but I think I did yeah I um uh, uh, all through lockdown I sort of again to sort of encourage like the eating togetherness with yeah. me even when it's just me and my kid but I um oh, I find it hard with my work to be around at a lot of his meal times yeah. um, so but I didn't obviously in lockdown I was like well I can't so we will so we had lunch and dinner and breakfast obviously together every day and um but it meant having dinner at like half five, six. Yeah. And that's like just an absolute killer if you're not going to go to bed at eight o'clock with yeah, him. Because exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm definitely yeah. really hungry again by now. Basically what I'm saying is I am still a teenage you. Well, we've done this. So our little one, Rex, he's 11 months and we are trying to teach him to eat. And we started feeding him when it was probably four mm-hmm. months. We started feeding him like food to get him mm-hmm. to understand what food is. And now he has three full meals and the, the amount of food he eats for this tiny, tiny human being. <laughs> unbelievable. So Kai made fresh gyozas. So he had like, Lush. he had six gyozas, a full oh. bowl of rice. He had a, about half a head of steamed broccoli, a little bowl of peas, three biscuits. This kid is small. He's yeah. a small baby and he's eating all of this. So we try and have our dinner at the same time. He probably had more than us. <laughs> and then I guess, yeah, it gets a bit later and the phone comes out, Deliveroo comes up. <laughs> Nine, nine o'clock delivery, and then you feel guilty. <laughs> it's so such a relief always to hear when Swanky Chef still has, has a delivery yeah. app. At least yeah. it does get used. It does. Um, do you have anything? Do you have any sort of um, ritualistic eating opinions? Like, do you, is there anything that you think? I mean, you've taught me how to eat swanky chocolate today, which I'm very grateful for. You don't have to do it like that every time. I mean, I am going to put salt on it every time because I'm an absolute pervert for salt. Well, people always go for sugar. People think chocolate, sugar, chocolate, sugar, chocolate, sugar. But one of my favourite things is get a nice, like, whatever bread you love, whether it's just like, if you're near a bakery, you can get a baguette in the morning or you can have a slice of sourdough or you can have a rice cake or you can have, like, a slice of hot white toast, buttered, whatever it is buttered with whatever butter you like get your favourite dark chocolate and just grate loads of that on top and then have that and it's insane it's so good what yeah so hot bread either toasted or not toasted just warm it up lots of butter and then just grate as a huge mound of chocolate on top of that and eat it it's insane with salty butter please for me salty butter a little sprinkle of salt on top and that's a snack worthy of the oh gods oh my god it sounds amazing worthy of the Mayan chocolate god Montezuma himself I um I Maybe we'll ask you this then, because my son has just started to, having spent a couple of months going, I don't want, 
I don't want toast. Like, I haven't really gone off toast. And yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, has some, suddenly started saying, I'd like some sweet toast, please. Sweet, mm. sweet toast. Sweet, sweet toast. And um, it just means the good butter on toast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks that's sweet. He calls pudding sweet mains to see if, he often does nice. that to see if he can get, get it as mains. I like that. So a lot of things, are, but this They're is the first time where he's not ones, talking about yeah. a sweet thing, but he's yeah. calling it sweet, sweet toast. So he wants the fancy butter on the bread. Yeah. And I, that, I can understand that. So, yeah. It's, Why does he think it's sweet? It probably I mean, is like good butter, like lactose. Lactose is, mm. a, is a sugar. So you're tasting, you're tasting the proper, proper milk proteins that are in the butter. Yeah. Rather than the olive oil spreads or other fat spreads that don't have the milk proteins in so arguably it does taste sweeter right. salt actually enhances the sweetness of things so if you're using salted butter it'll make it taste sweeter as well wow Weirdly, yeah so if you use salt it makes something taste sweeter i knew you'd be able to make it make sense because of your dairy expertise <laughs> could be that yeah dairy expertise i'm gonna start a podcast all about <laughs> the cow, cow cow byproducts there's really a very funny podcast called The Beef and Dairy Network, which oh, I highly recommend. Oh, okay. I'll get on um, that. Are there any food or drinks that you hate which most people love? Uh, yeah. This always gets me in trouble. Uh-oh. Espresso martinis. Oh, really? Do you like coffee? Them. Love coffee. Love martinis. Like drinking things. I like alcohol. Yeah. I like bars. I like coffee beans in trios sitting on top of white backgrounds. <laughs> I really love it that you covered that, just in case that was your reason yeah. for not liking There's that no other thing. Reason other than <laughs> I like coffee beans in trio. Well, like they always white background. They always do that, don't they? It's always the same. Unimaginative bath bar mixologist. <laughs> um, I love everything in principle about an espresso martini, but it's just not as good as the sum of its parts. The coffee yeah. is amazing. I love a coffee. Mm. I love drinks. I love cocktails. I'd love rather drink if I need a pick me up. I'll have an espresso and then yeah. I'll have a delicious cocktail. I don't want like a weird amalgamation of nice drinks that taste shit. How do you feel about other boozy coffees though? Like an Irish coffee? Yeah, or... I think I'm a bit the same. Are right? you? I haven't had one for a really long time and then went for um, there's a brilliant Indian restaurant in Broccoli called Babur. Yeah. And um, it does like a really cheap tasting menu. And, um, but it's all just really exciting. Um, and at the end of that, actually, and I think it's, I mean, it was the first time I'd been out for a dinner, like a where you go out for a feast like yeah. that for a long time at the end of it I was like I know we'll have a coffee even yeah. though it's very late yeah. check me out isn't that weird we all drink coffee I'm so rock and roll yeah. uh, well I normally don't I, I don't want room to sleep <laughs> <laughs> such an old lady but um, I was like I'm not bloody do it but then we had a boozy one I had a what did I have amaretto coffee oh nice yeah yeah that's fit yeah. well I I'm, think amaretto if it was like you're allowed water and one other drink for the rest of your life, yeah. I might go for amaretto. Would it? But then you'd have to just drink it neat. No. I would want to be allowed it in any form. Alright, so, so with like other a, drinks. Like, I've recently discovered amaretto sour. Yeah, I love an amaretto oh, sour. Me too. See, I would have a coffee and then an amaretto sour. For me, that I just have that. Um, and tell me what the chocolate company's called again. Chocolate... Um, uh, cartography yes, with an, a F-I-E. F-I-E. Yeah. So map making, cartography, um, ending in F-I-E. That's going to be us. We're again, we're going to launch our chocolate studio, East London, in September. I was well. just thinking like, oh, oh, I'd love to take my kid. And then I was like, mm, 
maybe it's a grown-up experience but then actually oh, no, everything we were yeah, talking yeah. about like about how cool that getting people excited about eating and reverent about eating in japan is yeah i should bring him shouldn't i just because like we use amazing chocolate we use um we've got a really cool story we can go as in-depth as you like but on the on the very very basic level food and eating and chocolate especially is all about enjoyment yeah and every single person that comes through the door we just want to give them as much enjoyment as possible if you want to come and learn about all of our sustainability processes mm. come if you want to just look at our chocolate fountain dip your finger in and eat some great chocolate you can just do that wow yeah. um um also what maybe not it? dip your finger in and COVID. okay actually yeah don't put your covid finger yeah. in the chocolate fountain have you seen kfc have changed their marketing no oh so, finger licking yeah does they, it say they've cancelled finger licking <gasps> They just so on the on the on the boards they've done like hazy they've ha- like hashed it out so they just write, it just says it's good <laughs> it's, like, it's good and then they said finger licking coming back somewhere in twenty twenty one yeah it's quite clever their marketing team's quite good there is I think that all those big brands have actually yeah. done that. I have been genuinely tickled by a billboard I don't know if it's just I'm still so fresh to being regularly looking at a billboard <laughs> but like Greg's have done something quite bold about like same old recipe still brilliant yeah. like with their sausage rolls you're like yeah, yeah that's nice isn't yeah. it you don't have to be doing a new recipe every 10 fucking seconds yeah that's it um, oh Greg's that's the other thing I hate oh you hate Greg's I hate Greg's in yeah. all its forms all its forms yeah <gasps> um I don't agree, but then I'm not meant to, am I? It, yeah, like, again, it's cool. The world cool. loves the Greggs. The world have loves Greggs. Nobody uh, agrees with me, but... Have you tried a vegan sausage roll? I never... I didn't try one, no. I mean, I don't... Do. want to. Not because it's vegan. It's because of the pastry. That's my hate for Greggs. Oh. If you build a whole brand based on pastry products... Yes. Cook the pastry until it's cooked. Oh, you think it's all a little bit... Um, it's not Pale. a little bit, it's incredibly raw. It's just very, it's seen the oven for a very short, brief few seconds, and it has come out about a third of the way through this cooking time that it needs. Oh, so from really? a, I've just spent a lot of time baking pastry in my life. I was the baker at the Ritz. The amount of puff pastry I've baked is more than anyone could ever even imagine piled up in a room. Pastry actually needs a really long time to cook. Right. And the taste of gluey pastry for me is just one of the worst things it's not good for your insides it's not good for your mouth it's just horrible and greg's just nailed that they just serve completely raw pastry to everybody and everyone just laps it up and it just blows my mind oh god you know what i think i'm sorry everybody don't be sorry to everybody i think what's happened to you is exposure to your own talent and being in the world of food and it does happen and it, my equivalent is probably so I could very hap- I could very happily enjoy Greg's not even realising how undercooked and clicky and disgusting it is at all not one bit of me acknowledges it while it's happening to me it's not something admittedly that I'd ever be like I'm going to get one and I'm going to need to take my time yeah no like it serves a purpose yeah. it's to be sort of almost drunk breathed yeah. in, inhaled but um, but the comedy equivalent of that is yeah what's your version I can't, um, I mean, I might get in trouble, but like, as someone who is immersed in comedy and has comedy all around me all the time, and you've seen how incredible it can be, um, I can't enjoy like um, Afterlife or Peter Kay or Mrs. Brown's <laughs> Voice. Mrs. Um, Brown's I'll leave Boys. it in and we'll sit That's uh, my uh, most favourite. Oh, great. Sorry. It's the worst. I took my step absolutely mind. loves it. So, <sighs> like, when I'm down you know, Christmas and stuff like that. I sit and I watch it and be like, come on, come on, open your mind, you fucking snob, come on. And it is, it doesn't make me angry and I don't wish it wasn't in the world, but yeah. it's really bad. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, I think everybody has their little niche area in life. Yeah, and but I they kind of get. It's sort of they become a snob. Yeah. I'm, I'm a snob about it. Hands yeah. up, I'm pretentious about you. You yeah. pastry, me yeah. sitcoms. Yeah, that's it. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. that's cool. We know, and it. that's We're why so we learn off of each other, and it's all good. Totally. Yeah. Mm, yum, and my tongue. You sort of want food to be more expensive, but simultaneously more accessible and yeah. more regularly, you know. But there's a lot uh, of overheads in restaurants that yeah. don't need to be there. Right. That have just been created because massive companies own stuff. There's right. big chains um, levying up rent. So rent is now, I'm just working out the cost of, of the restaurant that we're just about to open. Rent is over a third of all overheads and all costs in the restaurant because it's a central London restaurant. Before, back in the day, it would be a tenth, it would be a twentieth yeah. of what it is. Now rent fully dictates because the Wagamama story. So Wagamama opened a restaurant in Soho. Uh, the big one in Soho was gr- Greek Street, was it? Or somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it was the biggest rent ever. Yeah, Dean Street, biggest rent. Um, nobody was going for that site. Nobody was going for the site. All the restaurants and bars by independence said, what you're demanding as a landlord is completely ridiculous. No restaurant would ever be able to operate and turn over enough bums on seats yeah. to make that operatable. Oh, it's impossible. Great big company Wagamama comes it. in. They don't make any profit on that site, but they make tons and tons on all the other sites and they offset all the losses from that right. side because they need a presence in Soho. And so what they've done is inflate all the, all the properties around because all the rent of everyone else is going, wait a minute, these guys are paying 100 grand a week for that. So like we should we should charge at least fifty grand a week. So then all the independents are being forced out. The only people that can cope are Ask Pizza, Pizza Express, Wagamama. All the people that can offset the losses from somewhere else. Covid hits. Everett shuts down. Everett goes. You know what? We're actually not going to be able to compete anymore. All these landlords now are used to getting all this money from everybody. Everybody's fucked. The whole thing needs to reboot and reset. Yeah. So hopefully it does. But that is why. And let's hope it resets. Not with that. That's so yeah. fucked up, isn't it? It's, it's the equivalent of like I grew up in a seaside town, and um, and and people from London and other cities um, started to buy holiday homes. Yeah, there. it's and exactly then the that. Price yeah, yeah. of property there goes enormous. But those people aren't even in those. Yeah, homes. and everyone hates like the Cornwall <laughs> Devon thing. Yeah, like, it's the same across hates. the whole of the South Coast. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah, the pretty bits. Fucked up. Yeah. Um, but in terms of eating, I'm back to your yeah. actual question. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about, um, but I don't know why Wagamama made me think about that. I think courses in Wagamama and how you get all oh, your yeah, random yeah, different yeah. courses at different times. And they still feel like they kind of, yeah. now they just go, have you been before? And yeah. so that you don't have to go, yeah, yeah okay. Well, they just give you, that's cha- comes when it's ready. They've yeah. changed the way we eat yeah. as one single company. Yeah. And so little independents are now going, um, uh, our business model, our operation. Would you like me to explain the menu? We're a small plate concept, and we mm-hmm. actually bring you everything just whenever the kitchen can be bothered to assemble it. Um, we can't be bothered with any sort of organisation in the back. <laughs> we don't give a shit if you have your starter after your main course, um, or after your dessert or your cheese. We're just going to do it whenever we want and whenever we feel like we can. And like <laughs> loads of places are doing that now, and it just really that really winds me up. But that is going to change us as a new society and how yeah. we eat as well. Like, it's so true. I really like yeah. your um, voice that you did for it as well. As my, well but it is so funny. I don't know what voice that was. It's currently but, really funny, isn't it? It's like the small plate yeah. culture. We're actually doing like small plate culture. Yeah. You just like choose like three to seven like small plates yeah. between like a few of you. It's like you don't need to explain that. Everyone does that. Yeah. Stop explaining the thing that yeah. is everywhere. What's the, what's your favourite so way to have eggs? Oh, on a breakfast. 
On a breakfast, scramble. Yes, yeah. me too. Scramble's the best. It's, um, scrambled eggs is like my thing I'm really good at. Is it? Yeah. Go on, make me one then. No, <laughs> I'm not making a chef my scrambly eggs! What is it that Monica does? She does her uh, 15, 15 minute, um, what did I have to do on MasterChef? I did oh, it. Yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> um, that thing, the challenge, the 15 minute challenge where you got to make, you got to cook a dish. Yeah. For Monica. Did you have to do scrambly eggs for her? I didn't have to, but I would have loved that. I had to, pl- I had to traditionally pluck and truss a woodcock. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I can scramble you an egg. I'm not plucking and trussing a woodcock. And uh, the interesting point of that is a woodcock, traditionally, is trussed with its own beak, which nobody knew, obviously, uh, other than okay. me. Because I'd and trust truss, a woodcock. What is... What, to truss? To truss a woodcock. To truss just means to... Um, you basically tie it and you uh, sit okay. it in the correct way and it's different for, it for different things. Nicely. Yeah. So you... T- but does it mean my vision I've got because I'm even though I am literally older than you I'm not as mature as you is that you have to then put its beak up its arse no you slide its beak straight through and also you don't gut a woodcock oh you leave so its guts in traditionally only a woodcock and a snipe you leave its guts in to roast and then you scrape the roasted guts out oh. and you make a nice parfait with it last oh. minute and you served on a heart shaped crouton for all you traditionalists out there that's how you trust and serve a roasted woodcock wow um, but you um, you sl- so imagine you like it's basically a tiny 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 roast chicken where your drumstick curves round into the thigh uh-huh. and that join where the drumstick and the thigh is sits mm. either side of the breast Right. And then you use the long beak to go directly through the drumstick and the thigh, both breasts, the breast cavity and back through right. the other thigh and drumstick. And wow. then you've got a perfectly trussed woodcock. Whoa! And you don't need any string. You don't need to do a butcher's knot. You just do it with its own beak. Incredible. Savage. That is savage. Savage. Imagine dying and being trussed with your own nose. Yeah, it's all a bit... Um... Of medieval, isn't it? It's it a bit is. humdrawn and quarterly. Yeah. I don't think anyone's enjoyed a roasted woodcock since like seventeen hundreds, anyway. So. Outside of the cast and the, the <laughs> cast and crew of um, some episodes of Professional MasterChef, <laughs> where the longer the series go on, the more elaborate and the oldie fashioned the um, challenges have to get. Um, I've kept you for longer than. Uh, I promised I wouldn't. That's cool. So, this is great fun. I this love is it. so fun. Thank yeah, you I'm for have doing it. The actual world starts to fall away and everybody moves inside the Matrix and has to actually live only and entirely on Twitter. It's the angriest, saddest, most confusing and occasionally brilliant but largely overwhelming, the overwhelming reassurance, humility and nuance lacking and virtue screaming troll nest of a hellfire ever. Luckily, real life has promised to come back but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you Sven, agree to do. Uh, 890, oh, okie okay, full song and dances, whilst balancing on a tricky little raft in some shallow sea. Oh my goodness. It sounds impossible, but you do it! You're a hero! Your reward is obviously, in reality, the adulation of all people for all time, for saving them from a life, I could say lived, just online as an entity, as a concept, oh. and bringing um, reality back. But your reward in the moment, bearing in mind you're hungry, You've just done all that massive saving of people mm. and balancing and that um, and okie-cokie-ing. So you, you're the hungriest, but also because of all this adulation, the happiest you've yeah. ever been. So you're in the sweetest, imaginable place to have a feast. Oh. Your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. Wow. I would love to know if ethics, health, 
consequences, reality weren't an issue. Anything yeah. was possible. Yeah. Uh, what you would eat, what you would drink, and if there's a who with and where, who with and where. Wow. I'm still imagining myself bouncing up and down on some yeah. on some raft in the yeah. sea. I would not be able to complete this challenge. I'd be in. <laughs> the whole world would no, be subjected to Twitter, but I'm so glad I did it in this alternate universe. <laughs> yes. I'm so proud of myself. Um, a feast. I would actually like, maybe because of the woodcock thing, it's just mm. fresh in my mind, but I would love to go back to some sort of like Belle Epoque era French style banquet when we were talking about um how people ate think about the multi multi course like 50 course dinners they had for like louis the 14th um where they had courses of all sorts of different roasted meats and vegetables and salads actually came at the end so your starter what we know is a starter came yeah. after the the first courses so the first courses were roasted meats then braised meats um things like whole deer would come to the table and then after you've had all of that then you have your vegetables after you have that then you have your salads this makes so much sense because you have that acidity of salad dressing to help you digest yes. it all it makes so much sense as well then because mm. especially if you're going to have a feast presumably like you've let yourself get so hungry before that yeah. that actually initially the idea of kind of a dainty approach for me anyway is quite hard like initially yeah. like um, um, and then now I can slowly save all this stuff. So kind of perfect to have the big breaky downy proteins yeah, right off the bat. Definitely. Oh, great. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd have some sort of mad old 17th century Belle Epoque French feast with things that look completely bonkers, but it would just be for true gluttons like myself who yes. just want to like have a little bit of like 150 dishes and there's amazing like references of different dishes that have been cooked in like the Russian royal courts or the Parisian royal courts and one of them and that would be amazing and there's one person I'd love to talk to um, I'd love to share with and that's a true gourmand and that's um, Briat Savaran so mm -hmm. Jean Anthelme and Delm Briat Savaran was a food writer a politician um, he wrote a book called uh, La Physiologie du Goût, so the, the physiology of taste. Nice. Um, and it's basically a, a, about his travels. He got, um, he got expelled from France for being of the wrong political persuasion at the wrong time. Right. Um, and this book documents um, his eating, his true love of being a gourmand and a glutton, and then his journey of kind of trying to leave France without getting killed and going to different countries and experiencing food, including in London, um, and how different cultures eat in, di in a different way. And it would just be completely bonkers to eat food with somebody that thinks only six whole roasted turkeys is enough for a dinner for one person. Whoa! Yeah. When was this guy around? Uh, it was the 1700s, yeah. 17 something. Um, wow. And yeah, he's a, he's a bonkers guy. Amazing. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so into it. That sounds really exciting. <laughs> um, thank you very, very, very much for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. What an honour. Mmm. Delicious. What a magical guest. Follow him to make sure you're completely up to date with where you can experience his masterful uh, cookery and brains. Um, he's at Sven Hansen Brit. 
S-V-E-N-H-A-N-S-O-N-B-R-I-T-T on Twitter. He's also very funny and very and right on, very passionate and brilliant on the old Twitter, I think. Keep everything peeled for the opening of his Oxide restaurant and also his stunning new chocolate studio, Cartography, which will be over in East London. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews and recommendations, or indeed with money on Acast Supporter or Patreon. Links to both of those are in Indeed, links to literally everything else mentioned in the podcast. And there was lots this time. All in the podcast notes should be available from wherever you get this podcast from. Anything in capitals is a link to a website for more information on that thing. Make sure you're following at the Hoovering Pod on social media. Find out more about live shows and other eating fun things. Uh, sneak previews about future podcasts coming up and stuff like that to follow me too. Why not? At Jessica Foster Got anything longer than a tweet to tell me? Uh, email me through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 